looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. And a very good morning, everyone. Yes, welcome to Pass the Post with a great thanks to Archer Park Racing. Yes, different voice. It's Andrew Brown with you on this Sunday morning with David Fowler, of course, having the big uh, couple of days there in Cairns. But this man is still here from News Limited. Very good morning to uh, Ben Dorries. How are you, Ben? Well, yeah, good, Brownie. When you say big couple of days for David Fowler, he's up there on holiday, effectively, isn't he? Is, is that what, what he's doing? Or? I'm sure I heard his voice calling a couple of races. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, we're missing him anyway, aren't we? Yes, and uh, who will be joining us, of course, in the show later on the program to review the big uh, two-day Carnival, the Amateurs Carnival. It's good to have it back there in Cairns yesterday. Big crowd there as well, as you would expect. And of course, David back for press room as well tomorrow morning. But this is past the post, and well, what a big day of racing it was. So much news to come out of it as the spring really starts to take a hold. Ben Doris there in Melbourne and Sydney yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And the story of the day, uh, by the length of the straight for me, and I'm probably a bit biased here, was incentivised. Wow, we. I mean, look, I've always been. Um, you know, as a journalist, uh, you, you know I'm I'm a journo. I'm not a I'm not a sort of cheerleader or a supporter. I sort of you know the stories are what they are. But I must admit, I didn't have a bet in the race in the Maccabi Diva, but I was cheering my socks Someone off. Someone did. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. Incentivise was very well back, but I was cheering my socks off for uh, the former Queensland uh, horse because I think no one really quite knew what we were going to get. I mean, we all sort of suspected he was a real deal, but until he actually did it. Um, we didn't really know. So he is a thousand percent the real deal. Um, and it's uh, just a wonderful, wonderful story. I'll tell you what, uh, this might be the silliest thing I've ever said, but a few Martin Power vibes about that horse, I reckon. He is a sensation. Yeah. And that, Ben, it was May, middle of May, Toowoomba Benchmark 70, 2150. Just extraordinary. And we'll get to that, of course. It'll be the first cab off the rank. We will review the Group 1 Maccabi Diva from Flemington yesterday. We'll start with all the big news from Flemington. We've got the Bobby Lewis special guest there. Also, the uh, Let's Alive reviewing the other races as well. Kembler Grange, of course, the uh, run of the rows and the Theo Marks, the highlights there. And we'll uh, be catching up with special guests for Kembler Grange, of course. Then we'll review Doombin. And, of course, at the end of the program, catch up with David Fowler to review Cairns. But the highlights we've been touching on was Maccabi Diva. Plenty of interest in uh, incentivise. How would he go? His first start there in Melbourne. Battle there with favouritism with Tafane. In the end, Tafane was the favourite. Up around the turn, it's had a pretty good run in Cenovise at the 500 metres, led by a length to Fane, inching closer. Then Mount Popper, Aegon now travels up three wide from Mawunga, and back behind them, Explosive Jack, Sir Dragon A and 50 stars in Cenovise, 300 metres to go. To Fane moves up on the outside, they lock horns. Then Aegon, Mount Popper, and down the outside, Sir Dragon A in Cenovise, kicks at the 150 from Tafane, and they were followed by Mawunga, who's coming hard in Cenovise. Incentivise holding on from Mawunga. Incentivise makes a statement in the group one. Beat Mawunga, Sir Dragon A to Fane. They were followed by Colette and K.I. Nautique. Further back, imaging Mount Popper. Well back, explosive Jack. Johnny get angry. Aegon and 50 stars. Taken to the lead, held off all the challenges there and getting home, leading all the way there. What a great statement, as Matthew Hill mentioned in that call. And... Uh, Always glad to have on the uh, program and catching up with prominent owner Ozzy Keir uh, joining us this morning on Past the Post. Good morning, Ozzy, and congratulations. What a start in Melbourne yesterday. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Ben. Thank you. And, uh, well, what was what was it like? What, what were your thoughts heading into the race? And, and where did you actually watch it from, of course, with the situation there in Melbourne at the moment? 
Oh, just, just at home. And um, I was actually, I was on the phone to uh, one of the partners, Bray, and um, leading up to it. And I did two, <laughs> the last 10 minutes leading into the race, it felt like two hours. So <laughs> I was pretty, I was pretty um, itchy the whole way and nervous. But uh, you get that. There was a lot of expectations, a lot of hype on the horse. And he's carried a lot of money as well. So, uh, you know, sort of until they do it, you're not sure and you're a bit nervous, but look, it was it was unbelievable um, once he'd won it and it really put to doubt any questions that anyone had on him, and including ourselves. Like, you know, you're always hopeful that you that he's the right one and you hear that he's going well, but until they actually do it, in the big races at weight parade level, you really just don't know. And yesterday just cemented that what we've really got to look forward to. What was the last word from Peter Moody to the ownership group before yesterday's race? When's your last week, Tweeman? What do you think might unfold? Uh, yeah, and no, I spoke to Moody the night before, and he just said he's perfect. Um, he hasn't had to do too much with him. He's in good nick. Um, he, he, like he's put on condition, and horse was happy, which is the main thing. That's all Peter's trying to do with the horse since he's picked him up. He's just to keep him happy. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got a, he had a good base fitness coming from Steve. So I think that was just Moody's objective was just to get the horse to settle and be happy and. He thought he'd run to the horse. Moody just said, just get ready. <laughs> just watch, watch this thing. And, um, you know, he only, he only sort of said that in the last five seconds of his message. I was all calm until his last five seconds. And he said, just get ready, boys. <laughs> can, so, you, can you give us an insight, Ozzy, into the first phone call <coughs> that you would have taken about this horse when he was running in Queensland? Who rang you? Was it a ratings person? Was it was, no, it, was it your car no. owner, Bray? Was it Steve? Yeah. How did it all unfold? Because unfold? obviously the, it was a Queensland horse that you've, you've bought into. How did, the, how did the process unfold? Mate, all, all credit to uh, my friend Bray. Um, and we, we were just talking. I can't remember what we were talking about. We were just chatting about something. And, and Bray um, called me. But I've seen his horse run in Queensland. It's probably, he's probably no good. I don't know. But he seems like oh, Bray loved him. He just said, could you just... Have a look at him for me. Just watch this replay. I'll send you the replay. Watch it. So I watched it. I said, wow. I said, oh, he's probably beat nothing. Um, and we looked at the horse behind him. There was nothing there. So I said, look, let's... So I said, just give it to your guys. Have a look at the ratings. So I sent it to um, one of our guys, Matt, and a couple of the boys that do the ratings for me. And said, look, can you have a look at this thing? See what you think. Look, they came back and said, look, he's beat nothing. So it's hard to judge. But he rates well. He's probably, you know, a stakes class. He's probably listed. He might get to a group three level, but that's all we can judge on what he's done. Um, it'll take a pretty good horse to step up from there um, from what they've done. So I'll rank Bray. Maybe let's have a crack at him. We might get him at a, at a price. It's worth having a bit of a, having a runner. Probably won't be a group one horse, but, you know, we'll have a bit of fun <laughs> with him. And we can pick him up at a good price, we'll have a bit of fun and we'll buy him together. So we so, so we, we contacted um, Steve and the first answer was no. So we probably tried to lowball it a little bit. Um, <laughs> and as you do, uh, Steve was too smart for that. So um, I think we started at like maybe three, four hundred thousand um, for him. So, um, you know, we lowballed it a little bit and, and then we went to a phase where we sort of went back and had a look at it and, I, I think I said to Bray um, at one point, look, let's just go to this amount. And that's all his work. We can't pay more than that for him. And, um, you know, and if, like, if, he, if he's any better than, you know, so be it. What can we do about him? That's all we pay. Uh, Bray, as Bray would, just didn't 
didn't listen to any of that advice. Uh, just <laughs> rings me, said, oh, we bought him, we've got him. I said, oh, good. At that price, he goes, no, nah, we paid a little bit more, but oh, really, we really want him. <laughs> so, um, oh, okay, well, that's great. So, um, you know, he was very bullish about him and um, as he is when he liked something, and we ended up buying him. We bought 50% off Steve, and um, I thought at the time we paid uh, a little bit too much, but... Uh, now, now he's yeah he was he was actually pretty cheap after he'd won for us um, in his first start so he had a couple of runs for us uh, in Queensland and um, the rest is history. So, so. so at the sort of four hundred metre mark or maybe a bit before then, was your heart in your mouth because it looked like just for a few strides he was sort of not going up and down in the one spot but he he was just he needed to find something didn't he? Did you sort of think this is the moment whether we know whether we've got a very good horse? Yeah, look, my eyes were glued to every single step of his action. And I did think at one stage when the pressure was on, I did think, oh, well, this is the test. You know, there was that 100 metres, 200 metres where he there, there was that, that pressure came on from Tafane. But, um, yeah, without doubt, uh, look, in context and reality, the, 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 like, he's never raced against any horses of this quality ever before so and it's weight for age equal weights it was very very much for me uh let's wait and see i probably wasn't as bullish um i sort of didn't let myself become as bullish um because you always get let down in these situations um where it's sort of Ray was a lot more <laughs> bullish like you know we're, we're having conversations he goes oh he's just he'll he'll, he'll he'll win he'll win i'm telling you he'll win i'm like oh maybe i'm not sure so um there's a good balance there between myself and him um so look i didn't have massive expectations i was probably nervous more than anything um but then yeah when he when he really let down and and just fought on that last sort of two three hundred meters it was a difficult one for me because obviously i was just watching you thinking you know just kick on but then with 200 to go um when the back markers started coming with Mawunga and then sir dragon they were coming you know, i just I started thinking, well, he's not going to win. He's going to get run down. And then I'm sort of kicking Sir Dragon A home thinking, well, if he's going to get run down, I want him to get run down by my horse. Um, <laughs> so then I'm kicking Sir Dragon A and all of a sudden, you know, he kicked back again and it was a really tough win. And, um, it was a pretty good day, actually. Um, we're going okay when you're not sure which one you're for with 200 metres to go. So I was pretty ecstatic. Aussie, uh, Ben indicated, you know, just a... A, a touch of Vaux Rogue there, his style of racing. I mean, with the, with the speed maps going into the into the race, everyone thought he probably would lead. But his style of racing is to start stoking up uh, there, approaching the home turn. And as, as Ben uh, touched on there, did uh, Brett deliberately just wait to the straight before really getting stuck into the horse? Or was there a, was an instruction there to perhaps increasing the pace in the 600? And, of course, for a horse that's won his last six by a total of 40 lengths, Maybe the horse wasn't used to having horses around him <laughs> in the straight. Yeah, yeah. Look, it was a bit of a tricky one because we just, again, you just don't know. Like he was running over a mile, and he's running against a, a, a mm. quality field. Yep. But when we, when we originally, when the fields came out, and we sort of knew there was going to be no pace um, in there, so it was a bit of a tricky one because we didn't really originally want to ride him that way. We sort of wanted to have him, sort of give him a run in the Macaibi and just quite run and then flash home and get him to settle. Um, but then when the field came out, I said, we're probably going to end up leading. Um, you know, ideally it's not what we wanted to do. Uh, but then I think I think Brett rode him perfectly because he could have probably gone 
earlier, but he waited till he straightened up. I think the main thing for Brett was just to have him on his, on his sort of Melbourne leg right way mm. and just get him to settle because of the you know, future racing. And um, he, he, he said he looked after him, but, he, you know, if, as we get further in trips, he'll, he'll sort of ask him to go a lot earlier, which um, hopefully get the rest of them off the bridle earlier. And it won't be, you know, a, a sprint time. So, yep. it, you know, that's... But it's his first run over a mile, and um, I guess we couldn't expect any more than that. We got the result, and I think he'll only get better. So, you know, you could say we're fortunate enough to to get the result yesterday, but I think that was, um, you know, the most ideal way to kick off this um, prep. And obviously it's onwards and upwards to the Turnbull and then the Cups are incentivised. You touched on uh, Sir Dragonet. That was some sort of return, wasn't it? I know there were excuses up in Brisbane uh, when he was tailed off, or lots of excuses when he was tailed off in the Derman Cup. But um, you must have been thrilled with that horse returning. And could you also just uh, briefly touch on Very Elegant and um, and the plans for that mare going forward, please? Yeah, so um, with, with Sir Dragonet uh, in Brisbane, obviously he had an interrupted prep. Uh, he, like, he, he pulled up with a virus bug that we picked up after that. So we gave him some extended time off um, and we got him back. We actually trialled him probably three weeks ago. Might have been t- touch over, Jamie sort of trialled him. And um, he was just, we thought, oh, we're, we're going to struggle to get this horse back because he still wasn't fit enough to even run out of a trial over a thousand metres. And Credit to Kieran and David. Um, they just poured the work into him over the last three weeks and um, they really didn't set our expectations high at all. Um, I don't think they could have running on a running in a mile over on firm ground, um, which we've sort of seen his past performances, you know, coming you know, running over a mile, all-star mile and 1,400. So I, I, for, for him to do what he did, I think he ran from the 400 to the 200. I think he ran a split of... 1079. So I don't think he's ever done that in his life. So it just shows that the horse has sort of he's come back probably better than what he what he was. Um, definitely better than what he was in the autumn, but I think probably even better than what he was in the spring. So if Kieran can keep projecting and improving, and getting him to improve, I think we'll have a bit of fun with Sir Dragon A um, over the next uh, couple of months. But very elegant, just quickly. Yeah, it was very elegant. Uh, she'll run uh, next week in the George Main. But I'm, what do you say about very elegant? It's very hard. I mean, she speaks, her racing speaks for herself. She's just an absolute star. And, um, you know, she ran first up over Fort, just just beaten by Mawunga. Um, I, I just I just think whatever she runs in, um, she's just very hard to beat. And she'll go to the Cox Plate. Uh, whether she goes to the Turnbull... Or stays in Sydney for one more run after that. I'm not sure. I'll leave that. So Chris hasn't decided yet. But whatever she runs in, she'll be hard to beat. Um, we all sort of know what she's like. She's just a fighter and um, she's a champion. Well, Ozzy, uh, you yourself and Bray there building up a great team, as we know. Uh, uh, great horses incentivised, adding to that catalogue, of course, after yesterday. Any final word to Greg Carpenter before the weights come out this week after yesterday? Uh, we sort of, I mean, I don't know. Look, I, I'm a realist and um, I think previously to that run, he was probably borderline on, on, on his weights anyway. He was right on the bottom of the weights. So he was touching go whether he'd, you know, he'd get in. Um, I know everyone had him already in the field, but I think he was touching go. Mm. 
probably around 52 or 52 and a half. Um, I don't know. How much do you penalise him for winning that race? Um, yesterday, I'm not sure. I don't think he's doing too much, but I'm on this side of the fence. I'm sure other people on the other side of the fence will say give him more. So we'll leave that to Greg to decide. But look, if he ended up with 53 and a half or 54, I'd be pretty happy. And I think that's probably where I'd see him an absolute winning chance in the Football Cup and we'll take it from there. Well done, Ozzy. No doubt we'll catch up with yourself and Bray throughout the next few weeks. Well done with Incentivise kicking off there in Melbourne. It was a great uh, expectation. He's delivered and I look forward to his next run. And uh, just quietly, 600,000 jumped in yesterday and uh, whatever else was won from Wednesday's betting. So, uh, look, well done and we'll speak to you again soon. Great. Thanks, guys. There he is, Ozzy Keir, part owner of Incentivise. Yeah, something for the punters there. Um, obviously, it was a day in Melbourne where so many favourites went down there. Mm. Uh, Torius, in, you know, ingratiating, uh, went down as well. So um, it was a real fill-up for the bookies, but incentivised, gave the punters uh, something at least to cheer for. We mentioned Sir Dragon. Eh? What a terrific return it was. Uh, been there over the mile, and maybe spring is his go. A uh, little bit in and out there in the autumn, but uh, spring is his go. Annabelle Nation will be delighted with Moonga as well. Uh, first run uh, there in Melbourne this campaign. Tefane not quite getting the mile or just the race not quite to suit? Yeah, you? probably not quite to suit. I thought, and we will ask Vin Cox about this uh, mm. later. I thought Colette was a sneaky good run uh, for fifth as well. Yeah. So I think she's on track right for something, on something nice this spring. The Japanese horse, Kay and Nautique, also running on Explosive Jack. Aegon perhaps second up and the track a bit firm there. And uh, that was the uh, Maccabi Diva. We look forward to Incentivise's next run. So maybe not the Underwood and uh, looking to the uh, Turnbull. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, yeah, so no, look, uh, terrific race and um, yeah, good on the guys. They've taken a, I think it was a million dollars, I think they ended up paying or something around that mark for incentivise. So fair old investment and it's paying off. And uh, Caulfield Cup, he's now $4.50 there on tab. So that was the uh, Maccabi Diva. Let's go to the uh, race before, the sprint race, uh, race number seven. And uh, there for the uh, Bobby Lewis, of course, the uh, favourite was the Queenslander there in Jonker. Onto the course proper, 500 metres to run. Over on the flat side rail, Jonker led clearly. Three lengths, Grey Worm and front page. Serious suspect, the Astrologers coming up the middle of the track from Splintex and also away game. So it's the Astrologist in the middle chasing down Jonker with 200 metres to go. Splintex away game running on hard and Zutori right down the outskirts. Splintex at the 100 takes the lead away game coming at it. Then the Astrologers, Zutori, a terrific finish. Splintex just in front of away game game. Splintex. Splintex won it from away game. The Astrologist or Zutori for third, then Express Pass and Too Good Too Hard. Jonka got tired and then came Riddle Me That Serious Suspect. Be good to your mother Luna Fox front page. Grey Worm and Vacillator. Well, another Sydney visitor down the straight. Often there are question marks how they'll handle it, but no trouble there for Splintex on the guidance of Craig Williams yesterday. Please say his trainer Mark Newham joining us this morning on Past the Post. Uh, good morning, Mark. Uh, well done with morning. Splintex yesterday. Morning, guys. Yeah, it was a great result with him. And uh, no problems down the straight, as the sound of the guidance of Craig Williams. No, well, Craig, um, as you know, does plenty of homework. <laughs> and, um, you know, first thing he said to me yesterday morning was, um, you know, he to him he looked an ideal straight horse and couldn't believe I hadn't already run him down that straight. <laughs> what level do you think he's at, Mark? I mean, obviously he's had a few cracks at Group 1 races and, and come up short. Is he potentially up to that Group 1 level or, or is and are you going to give him that chance, obviously, in, in Melbourne this spring or, or where yeah, does he look, sort of sit? 
Oh, look, we'll probably end up in the Dali um, on the last day of the Flemington Carnival there, uh, now that he's proven down the straight. Uh, look, he's um, at the moment, he's a solid Group 2, Group 3 horse. Um, he's he's always got a little bit better each preparation and, um, you know, I would say this year will be his best. And whether that's good enough to win a Group 1, um, We'll find out. We'll give him his opportunity. But look, at the end of the day, he's a very well-bred horse that, um, you know, it's proven in the last few years that, you know, some of our leading stallions, I'm Invincible, um, Not a Single Doubt, Written Tycoon, have all gone to stud as non-Group 1 winners but have been um, huge successes. So it's not the be-all and end-all. I'd love to do it um, with him, but... Um, you know, if it doesn't, if he doesn't quite achieve it, I'm, you know, I don't think it'll take away from his, um, you know, ability to make a nice stallion. We obviously saw him up in Queensland uh, during the Winter Carnival. What did you make of that? Was it a bit disappointing? The, the Winter Carnival. He obviously wasn't too far off from in the Doom and Ten Thousand, and then and then down the track. I think their excuses weren't there in the Morton Cup. What the oh, you know, his Queensland trip? What did you make of it? He was only, yeah, he was only beaten, you know, a length and a half at Doomben. He ran very well when he went to Eagle Farm. Uh, Josh said he was never comfortable after going 100 metres. So, look, some horses just don't handle legal farm by the looks of it. Um, I haven't had a large number of horses go there um, to have a firm opinion. But, um, look, he he didn't he didn't react well on that surface. And, you know, he freshened up well nicely, had a little pick up there and, and came back in good shape. And uh, another great... Uh Horse there for the Grimish family, those familiar black and uh, grey diagonal stripes. Yeah, Jeff and Mary, they've been good supporters of mine since I since I started. And, um, geez, they can breed a good horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Jeff's down to one or two mares these days. Uh, he just really enjoys the racing. So, you know, as a, as a five-year-old stallion, it's nice to be able to, um, you know, get him there and win a nice race for them. So his next run, will you keep him fresh then for... Uh, look, he could possibly um, run in the Gill Guy down there in three weeks, or or a month into the the Sydney Stakes here. Um, yeah, look, there's a, there's a few options for him. And uh, I believe that Karen McAvoy might have something to do with him uh, being sent to Melbourne to go down the straight. Oh, look, Karen rode him in the Manicato last year, and um, and thought he might have, you know, if he was there to stay on, he'd, he'd suit running down the straight. Um, look, you know, he's always had a, a really good racing style where he, he jumps quickly, he travels nicely, he's kind horse to ride, and he runs hard and straight. So, you know, generally, you know, those horses make good straight horses. And, um, you know, he's now one for one there, so it's probably proven to be right. Just before you go, and uh, well done with Splintex in Melbourne, just to turn to Kembla Grange. Of course, you had a big parade in the Theo Marks, uh, a frightening pace set. Yeah, look, it was a. A disappointing result in the end um, because the expectations when you're even money favourite are to win. But, look, he was coming out of a benchmark 88 into a group two, so he was jumping in grade. Um, Look, he just looked to go a little bit quickly in front. I probably told on him late. And something like Tramway, though, still on target? No, no, he'll um, he'll probably freshen up now and go to the Sydney Stakes on Everest Day. Um, The beauty of that is that... Um, two weeks later on, 
they'll run the classic legend uh, for a million dollars. And if you've competed in either the Everest or the Sydney States, you're eligible for a, a bonus there that uh, I think it's 750,000 first, 200 for second, 100 for third. So, um, you know, he's a gelding. We're not trying to lift his stud profile. We're, we're, we're there for the prize money and, um, you know, there's plenty of it. The last one, Mark, um, for the listeners who aren't aware, obviously you, you group one winner, Shadow Hero, who, who spent some time in Hong Kong as well, has, has been retired, yes? Yeah, look, unfortunately, um, he um, he bled when he trialled here on Friday. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, the trip to Hong Kong did a bit more damage to him than, you know, what, what we would have liked. Um, but, look, he'll be retired now and... Um, you know, he was very good to me uh, in the in the two seasons we raced him here. So um, I'll be looking forward to making sure he's looked after. Absolutely. And by the way, who, who's got Splintex down in Melbourne for you? Uh, Nick Ryan. Um, yeah, Nick um, looks after us when we go to Melbourne. And um, so he travelled down on Wednesday night, arrived on Thursday morning. And um, Nick gave him a little can around on Friday and, and saddled him up yesterday and he'll pack him up and send him home this afternoon. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, he's had a good run himself too, Nick Rines. But uh, well done again, uh, Mark, on Splintex yesterday. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Mark Unum joining us this morning on Past the Post, brought to you there by Archer Park. And uh, away game, as bonding as ever, and the Australia just uh, maintaining that good form down the straight as well, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on face value, uh, Tony Gollan's favourite, um, there, Jonker was disappointing. Was free wheeling uh, along in front, seemed to be cruising, and then um, pretty much found nothing. So, um, be interesting to see what uh, Tony uh, does there. Yeah, well, Jonker did drop out, but really the other four horses, they basically stayed up there in the lead all the way, and um, they pounced on Jonker at the two hundred, then uh, drew away, but not a lot making ground. Express pass there for Nick Ryan. Uh, made some ground late, but uh, all credit there to Splintex holding off uh, away game there in the Bobby Lewis. Next event we'll look at is the going back one to uh, the Let's Elope, of course, for the mayors of the 1400 metres, race number six, and all eyes there on the uh, top weight there, Instant Celebrity. As they reach the 350, Zoo Dancer and Tarath, they pair off in front by a length and a half to Love Sensation, still a star, followed further back by Ripper Reader, Instant Celebrity, still third last. Tarath went for the Doctor, 200 metres to go, a length and a half. Zoo Dancer, still a star, Love Sensation and Mystic Journey. Tarath going well, 50 metres to go, clear. And Tarath, gee, she's doing a good job. Beat Mystic Journey, still a star, and Love Sensation, followed by Rich Hips and Instant Celebrity. Further back in the field, Butter Chicken slicing through them late Bonvicini and then came Zoo Dancer only words and next in the field Impecunious, Chikapawerte Quantum Mechanic and Taiki Goddess Well what a find uh, Tarath has been there from the UK and a first group winner there for trainer Maddie Raymond and Maddie's been kind for joining us this morning on Past the Post. Good morning Maddie and congratulations. Thanks very much guys, thanks for having me on. You settled down now? <laughs> yeah, calm down. Voice, voice is a bit raspy this morning from screaming and roaring yesterday, but uh, it's uh, definitely not a bad thing. Yeah, well, you're very emotional and rightly so after the win. And uh, look, I heard you with Steve Hewlett, of course, on our uh, radio station lead up to this race and did, a, did all the hard work there at uh, Caulfield leading all the way. But gee, it wasn't easy again there yesterday either, was it? Out three wide. No, it wasn't at all. But look, when she gets into that rhythm and that happy place, um, even though she was wide without cover, she was she was travelling so comfortable underneath Damien. That's definitely the key to her 
Now, Maddie, for the um, listeners, especially up here in Queensland that um, aren't familiar with your story, you've obviously, um, you know, a great pedigree. You've worked for David Hayes and Lindsay Smith and, and, and Darren Weir, amongst others. You, I gather, you, you, you know, you helped prepare the Melbourne Cup winner, Prince of, uh, Prince of Penzance. How did yesterday, the emotions of that, compare to, you know, putting the, helping put the polish on the Melbourne Cup winner? Can you compare and contrast them? Because I'd imagine yesterday would have been just as exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I actually had that conversation with my parents driving home last night. It was it was definitely up there with with that moment, um, and probably Bart's comeback when he came back and won the Alton Dord after retirement. There are probably the three moments that definitely definitely stand out in my life. Probably I say a little bit more pressure leading into it when it, when it's your name up there and and you're coming off the the back of three wins, but um, it just made it even more exciting. Did you think at the start your chances were blown? Like, I mean, we, we're used to um, seeing this horse up, you know, up up front, um, obviously slow away in an unusual position, I guess. Did you, was your heart in your mouth for the first sort of six, 800 metres? Did you think, uh-oh, we're in trouble here? A little bit, but at the same time, da- Damien Lane is just, just one of the best. He, he doesn't panic. Um, he rides the race that he's that he's on, the horse he's on, um, and you know we had a good chat to him beforehand. That doesn't really matter where you are, just get her happy and in a rhythm. And when I seen how smoothly she was trucking underneath him, I thought, well, she's going to give her all at the uh, at the finish anyway. Obviously, there's uh, you know a bit of talk post race. There's a million dollar bonus. Uh, for the winner of this uh, winner of this race, if they could go on and win the Empire Rose, would you give any thought to that, or or where are you at now? Oh, obviously, it is it is tempting. Uh, we'll do the right thing by the horse. Um, we're quite happy with her this morning. She ate up last night. We'll just see how she comes through the next few days, and if she's as bright and bubbly as she's been leading into her last few starts, it's it's not necessarily off the cards, but. Uh, we'll have a good chat with the owner today. Look, like I've said the whole way along, she has had a huge preparation. Um, it's also such a good time of the year to go out over springtime. She's she's a bit on and off in her coat sometimes. She still hasn't fully acclimatised yet. So um, there's plenty of time to, to attack some bigger and nicer races and we just want to do the right thing by her. How many have you got in the stable, Maddie? And, and uh, importantly for our listeners who uh, don't mind a bet, is there is there a horse that uh, you know another horse maybe a lesser known horse that you've you've got big wraps on that we can you know maybe follow in the next few months or or even beyond that? Um, we got obviously we have got Wentwood, but he, he's a bit of an established star. He um, he he'll be going around in a couple of weeks, and we we think he can have a really solid preparation. Uh, we've got a few really nice young horses coming through the ranks as well. A, a nice little rich enough filly. Um, she's probably still. A, a while off getting to the races, but we uh, we do have quite good hopes for her. She's called Three Grand. Um, yeah, we've, we've got a nice little team of horses at the moment. Um, nothing probably in the next month or so that I can say is going to kick off and, and get you punters up. But, um, <laughs> but down the track, when, they, when our young ones start getting to the races, we're definitely looking forward to it. I was going to ask you, you had rolls throughout the week. Is rolls getting closer to a win? Yeah, we're going to give him a bit of a break. Um he, he was a bit. Uh, he didn't have the smoothest preparation at the start of his prep, so he's, he's done a good job um, this time. And I, I think he is a genuine wet tracker. Um, I, I do want to look after him. I think he can have a really good winter campaign next winter. Um, and same again, it's a good time of the year to go out, enjoy a break, go out in good order. They come back in good order. Um, so he's going to head out for a bit of a spring break and come back in and be ready to go for winter. 
Oh, I look forward to the reappearance there with uh, Tarath, of course, that bonus there dangling. But it must be a nice phone call to John Nichols. I used to know John when I was uh, overseas many, many years ago. So I give my regards and uh, well done and, and good luck with Tarath in the future there, Maddie. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. There she is, uh, Maddie Raymond, after the Group 2 victory there of uh, Tarath. What do you make of Instant Celebrity? Just warming up again right at the end there, uh, Ben, already looking for the mile and... Yeah, no doubt you wouldn't have made much of her if you were if you were on her yesterday, I guess. But yeah, you know, it wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't a, a terrible run. So certainly going forward, and we can expect more out of her. Now, look, and, and just quickly, uh, Tasmania would be celebrating too after the run of their two mares, Mystic Journey, and uh, on her return as still a star. Yeah, Mystic Journey in particular had the, the flashing lights there, so I'll be really interested to follow her going forward. Um, look, I guess in it's been an interesting time in, in Melbourne, hasn't it? Um, with all the, the you know, the, the jockeys suspensions and, and uh, all the hoo-ha and the news associated with that. And that has sort of crept a bit into something that's happening tonight. The uh, Racing Victoria Awards are on um, and the Scobie Breezley medal is obviously, um, you know, presented to the best jockey or the, the you know, the, the jockey who gets the most votes as, as being the, the best jockey in the previous season, a lot of other awards. Uh, I wrote a few stories last week for News Limited. Um, Racing Victoria was really debating for several days whether Jamie Carr should be allowed to participate uh, in this awards night. Um, there was two schools of thought. One, she was the champion jockey uh, from last season, obviously a headline act, a, a real superstar, uh, and she obviously had a record-breaking season. And as such, she should be allowed to participate. The other school of thought was... Uh, she's been banned for three months and is facing a further ban uh, as well for associated charges. And uh, there were there were uh, there was a school of thought it wouldn't be the best of looks necessarily for Jamie Carr to be allowed to participate in an award, which is really celebrating, um, you know, I suppose the the best of Victorian racing. Um, but look, I think the right decision was made. Racing Victoria have decided to let her participate, so that'll be really interesting. Uh, to watch tonight, it'll be uh, conducted virtually. It'll be on uh, Victorian broadcaster, racing.com. So it'll effectively be Jamie Card's first public appearance and public statement, if you like, since her ban. So, look, um, a really fascinating element to that awards night. Yeah, I think a bit easier too with that medium there rather than having presenting yourself in front of a whole crowd of people and people perhaps coming up to you all night as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll well, be... having said that, I don't think that they can get through it without asking her a couple no. of tricky questions. I mean, it's all good and well celebrating her feats. That's one thing, and she deserves that. Uh, that was last season. The, the ban is this racing season, but... Um, I think she'll be asked a couple of interesting questions. So, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, no, no doubt make news, I'd imagine, whatever she says, pretty much all around Australia. Just quickly, just wrapping up Flames on course, you mentioned the upset. Uh, Tori is going down to Mr Mozart. Mr Mozart back in t- form of the Team Hawks Ranch. Hand again, we saw during the Queensland Winter Carnival. Uh, first off, a while downing, ingratiating, and uh, Ayrton, of course, will uh, pursue that throughout the week. So he's pulled up behind Harbour Views. What a great return there for uh, Matt Williams there for Harbour Views and knocking off Ayrton in uh, race number five, the Sofitel there at Flemington. But we need to uh, move on and turn our attention to the big meeting at Kembla Grange. Of course, the feature there was uh, race eight, the run to the rose. Onto the home turn in the Congo. On the inside of Stay Inside and Converge goes to a clear third from Captivate. Animo's into the clear, getting right to the outside and remarks two lengths behind him. In the Congo, still the leader from Stay Inside. In the Congo, ahead on Stay Inside, two off to Animo, who's winding up now and remarks going with him. Good finish coming up. In the Congo, still in front. Animo on the outside is trying. In the Congo, Animo, Animo, up you go. Goes home, best to win. 
win the run of the rose. Just got there from in the Congo. Photo for third between Remark and on the outside, Glen Eagles. Followed then by Stay Inside, who just tired the last little bit. Further back to Flying Crazy, Captivant. Converge got his chance and a good gap back to the Ruffies as they are and dash, dash, dash. Well, what a return by uh, Animo, Ben. Yeah, it was terrific. Certainly put his hand up to be the standout cult uh, of his generation. There was plenty of things against him. Uh, yesterday, first up, had a little setback. Obviously, well short of his best, but he was sensational. Let's go down to uh, Godolphin now, Managing Director of Cox for Australia. Vin, uh, what a welcome return it was by Animo yesterday. Yes, um, Brownie, it was um, very exciting uh, to have him back. And as you suggest, we had, did have a little setback with him um, a couple of weeks ago when he spiked the temperature. But to come back in that fashion in such a deep field uh, uh, makes us uh, puts a spring in our step on a Sunday morning. Yeah, well, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people are spiking a few temperatures there in New South Wales at the moment. This is obviously the equine, but he's got over that and uh, all, all guns are blazing. Where do we go to next for Animo after yesterday? Oh, look, two weeks' time, uh, or Saturday week now, is the Golden Rose. So we'll head there with him, over 1400 Um I see he's come up as a $2 favourite at the moment. So um, everyone's pretty pretty convinced he's, 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 he's going to be the dominant favourite. But, um, you know, it's it's a Group 1. They're not easy to win. Vin, I remember Maccabi Diva, the, the great Maccabi Diva, when she used to come back into the yard, she used to just stand still and look around and take it all in like she owned the place. I saw that from Animo yesterday. When this colt came back in the yard, he just sort of stood still and looked around. He, gee whiz, he's got a presence about him, doesn't he? He does. He's a he's a particularly good-looking horse, a very athletic horse, Ben. Um, you know, he's mentally, he's, he's a he's a good cult to be going forward with as well. So uh, he's got real presence and uh, that real X factor about him. So for obvious reasons, we're pretty excited. And the good thing was, I suppose, I mean, he was, I suppose you could say he was dominant in the end, but he did have to work for it yesterday, didn't he? He didn't have it handed to him on a platter. He really had to dig deep. Yeah, no, he had to dig deep. Um, The the, the positive thing was, and J-Mac said this straight up the race, he said, I didn't really go after him. Um, he did look after him a little bit. So, yeah, he was conscious that he'd only had the one trial going into the race. And um, so, he, you know, he was in probably peak fitness uh, for a first-half performance and certainly not what James would have liked in an ideal situation, James Cummings, that is. Um, so, you know, I think the fact that he, he could do it and and not bottom be bottomed out um, augurs well for him. So we look in Caulfield Guineas as well going forward? Or? That's the plan, yeah, plan at this stage. We, we've all always felt that he's a, a horse that's going to get more that he's more a miler than that brilliant six furlong horse um so yeah Caulfield guineas and uh, we'll just sort of evaluate where we are at the end of that now, i reckon one of the most fascinating discussions going around at the moment is everest lots and obviously you've got one uh, it's sort of the last three or four weeks there's been a lot of talk that um you sort of half nominated trekking as your top seed is that still the case i mean obviously you're not going to tell me who you're going to pick but where, where do you sort of sit in the scheme of trying to choose an everest horse he's um you know he's a sprinter um but you know you got to look at pick up the form guide and look at his form and uh you know he's he's run fourth and third in the last two runnings of the, of the everest uh he's competes every year at every carnival against the elite sprinters so um, the the younger brigade have got a little bit to do to to, to sort of supersede him as as our as our Everest elect. So uh, you're obviously hoping another slot holder might pick up a Godolphin horse as well. Oh look, I mean the Everest is not the be all and end all for three year old colts. 
Uh, three old Colts we want to we want to win group ones with and there's certain races we've got picked out for, for horses like ingratiating like Paul Ailey and obviously Animo and, and others that are coming through so um, you know whether other slot holders want to give us a call that's fine but um, yeah we'll we'll always um, do what, what what suits our program and suits our horses. Speaking of ingratiating turning to Melbourne had you way up his second there down the straight at Flemington? Uh, look, I think it was a very good run, second up. Um, <laughs> I think Ollie was sort of had uh, finance tycoon in the crosshairs and once he, he knew he had him rounded up, which is about the 300, he went for home. And I might have just, if he just uh, I was talking to Darren Biedemann about it last night, and Dad said, if, you know, you wait, if you're going that well, you wait till the clock tower. But, um, um, and that just allowed Branch Hand and, you know, well-placed Chris Waller, obviously, and uh, had the nice cosy run and, and just nailed us on the line. But, um, no, you, you can't be disappointed with his runs. We've still got options up our sleeve, sleeve with him. Um, and, you know, his ultimate goal is a race like the Coolmore. And I think, uh, speaking of Melbourne, there's a horse that seems to be travelling on quite nicely. I'm talking about Colette. Yeah, but it was, uh, you know, when I was a kid growing up, a uh, run like that in a mile heading mm. towards the Caulfield Cup was red lights flashing everywhere. So, um, you know, she, she, that's where, you know, we, we hope to get to the Caulfield Cup with her. Um, you know, she's a very good horse. She's she's won a group one over a mile and a half already. And um, she, she got well back yesterday in a, in a race that wasn't run to suit her and on a harder track. It's no secret. She likes a, a bit of cut in the ground. And, um uh, hopefully the weather gods go with us a little bit, and we might see her at the front end of the races. But her run yesterday was was really quite outstanding in a in a, in a strong uh, Group One mile race. Appreciate your time as always, but spring is in the air. The the foals are falling down, and the uh, stadiums have started uh, serving again. It's uh, a wonderful time of the year, uh, Vin, isn't it? Oh, it's a busy time for all of us, mm. but uh, no, it's exciting to have these great horses back and um, you know, great racing, deep racing, you know, you know across the country and. Um, yeah, as you say, the spring really is upon us and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very exciting. Looking forward to the big races coming forward. And I uh, know that we'll speak to you again uh, soon. Uh, thanks for your time this morning. Much appreciated. Anytime, lads. Good to chat. There he is, uh, Vin Cox from Godolphin after the win from Animo. He's certainly exciting galloper, isn't he? And uh, what do we make of the others converge? Yeah. After uh, it's apparently uh, trialled so well. Only fair. Like, the trial was enormous. Uh, and was given a peach of a run. I thought, oh wow, we this um, this this guy's just going to explode, but didn't. Obviously, um, short of its best distance. So look, I don't think we can sack converge. Maybe one we can sack is stay inside. Um, you know, I don't know. Don't and, know. And remarks just thereabouts. Uh, just needs a win. He's racing in top company, as we know. But yeah, it surprised me. I mean, remarks got all the ability in the world, but it surprised me. I think started as favourite or very close to it, which surprised me given, uh, you know, I think there was five Group 1 winners in this field. But, um, you know, clearly still yet to put it all together. But, I mean, gee whiz, no, um, no horse you can follow more uh, going forward out of that race than the winner, I'd suggest. So that was race eight, the run to the rose, the race before. The Group 2 Theo Marks of the 1300 at Campbell Grange. And, gee, they went quickly here, but Big Parade was well supported. As we touched on with Mark Newnham earlier. 300 metres to run. Bayless had a cheeky peep over the shoulder and he said go down Embracer as he laid it down and heads off Big Parade. Then came Chat, Madame Rouge uh, not in the hunt here is Private Eye. It's Embracer in front from Chat is coming home hard. He's coming home very hard Chat right over the top and Chat got up to win the Theo Marks. Bloused out Embracer. Photo for third Nimalee. Ice bath deep out towards the inside Private Eye and Big Parade got very tired late followed by Discharge Rahiran and Madame Rouge.
Yes, they went berserk, didn't they? And there was Chat setting off the uh, pace, as he sometimes he likes to do. He was being known as a leader before, but uh, he does love that distance and everything went right. And Brock Ryan, the road at Chat, is uh, having a wonderful season so far. Yeah, absolutely. He was at it again. And look, uh, interesting times for John Thompson. Uh, he's mm. at the centre of a upcoming stewards inquiry uh, into uh, alleged COVID-19 breaches. So it was a bit of a, this this win obviously would have been, would have put a bit of pep in his step, but it'll be an interesting few days upcoming uh, yeah. for John Thompson. Not a bad return there from Ice Bath. Uh, Matter Rooms consistent. Nimely was the one, I suppose, to catch out of that race. And Private Eye, that, it just got too far back and was on to make up the ground. I wouldn't be giving up on Private Eye as yet. In the uh, Theo Marks, so a bit short on time, but the Scirocco race number six, gee, great uh, uh, debut in Australia there for in Trivier. Yeah, for sure. And given this horse's uh, pedigree, well, it's from Tavistock, um, you know, which uh, produ- you know, produces a lot of wet trackers, uh, this one was on a dry track, so probably has even more credibility. Um, the interesting thing is, where, what do they do now? Is it, I mean, I even uh, read some uh, copies suggesting it could be an Everest horse. I don't know about that. Certainly that invitation, the, the, the new, the rich new race in uh, New South Wales would no doubt... Um, you know, have Jamie Richards up and about. Um, you know, Group One horse in waiting for sure. That was some sort of win. Yeah, for two running on consistently as ever, as was Ma Busher, and uh, definitely two more to follow out of that event. And the Dulcify race five Queensland form to the four once again. Uh, ben Yarnas and Tiger Malay fighting it out. A good return from Yarnas, who's always been. Uh, Chris Miles always talked up the ability of this horse. Yeah, I remember my old sparring partner Nathan Exelby uh, really liked the look of this horse in. Brisbane, uh, thought there was something to go on with there. I think Nathan might have had a few shackles yesterday, so good on him. Tiger Malay, I don't think, lost much in defeat there. It was a really gripping uh, finish, so I think... um Obviously, if you're back to Tiger Malay yesterday, you're not delighted, but I don't think lost too many of Morris. So that's Sydney and Melbourne. Still plenty to go. About to take a break. We'll look at uh, Queensland and catch up very short with Robert Heathcote and also David Fowler in Cairns. Today... This is Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Yes, check out the uh, website there on archerpark.com.au. Horses available there, as uh, heard in the ad there, the white and the blue stars for Archer Park Racing. Bringing you past the post this morning, Andrew Brown in the chair alongside Ben Dorries. And Ben, let's go straight out to uh, Doombin yesterday. And first up, uh, race number four, of course, Robert Heathcote to the fore here. We're at the 4.50. It's Bulu from Prince of Boom. Up into third, Glorious Ruby. Star Tonto's trying to make some ground back nearer the inside. About five lengths off the leader. So Bulu at the 300 metres marker. Prince of Boom on the outside. Here, Star Tonto's coming strongly now. Back nearer the inside is Glorious Ruby. But Star Tonto's has dashed up and taken over from Bulu. Prince of Boom. Whitewater runs home down the outside. But Star Tonto's well clear. And Star Tonto's wins it brilliantly from Whitewater and Bulu. Prince of Boom followed by Glorious Ruby, General Wolf, and Venable Mustard have dropped out to finish at the rear. And she's going up to the 57, the star turned Philly and gets home once again. Star Tontes continue the winning run. I'm pleased to say, uh, trainer Robert Heathcote, a big day there, of course, at Doombin yesterday, especially one of the horses trialling. He joins us this morning. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Andrew. That's good. Now yeah, she's going. She is, and I mean, there's not a lot of her. She's mm. affectionately known as, as the little pumpkin around the stable, and the eight starts, five wins, the second and the third. You'll take that with any horse, let alone a horse that can do it in town. 
Now, if I'd have told you a few months ago uh, that Startontes um, would be beating Prince of, Prince of Boom twice in a row and pretty comfortably, you, you probably would have said I was mad. So what's uh, it's a funny game racing. What's uh, A, has Startontes surprised you? And obviously Prince of Boom quite disappointing yesterday. No, A, I still think you're mad. <laughs> and, B, and, and, and B, look... I'm I'm happy to give Prince of Boom a pass, Mark. I mean, it, it it can happen sometimes that the youngsters don't come up as three-year-olds. Look, he trolled and jumped out fantastic going into this preparation. And first up, he got into a real, you know, stoush, a physical stoush, which I think has put him off his game. I mean, I think he's hurting somewhere and it's only under the pressure of a race he's not letting down. He's not the horse in his race yesterday that he's been working at home. So talking with the boys from Adrenaline, Paul and Michael, we just feel it's best to hit the reset button. Sometimes we've got to do that with youngsters. Give him three or four weeks off to clear his head and allow any aches or pains internally that he may have suffered first up. And and I'm confident he can come back and and still play a part in the summer carnival. But, you know, take nothing away from Startontes. I mean, her work at home has been brilliant. She's racing brilliant. Two weeks ago when she ran, uh, when she won, she ran the fastest time of the day, the fastest 400. And uh, again yesterday, she's she's come from last and sliced through them like a hot knife through butter and won comfortably. So what do you do with an hour, Rob? I'm assuming Sydney, you're eyeing off Sydney. And if so, what sort of race? Yeah, I mean, it's, I sent an email out. I was in here at five this morning and, you know, had a good look at her and trotted her up and she's bright and happy. And I had a look at the uh, the program down in Sydney. On the 25th of September, uh, it, it, it's the uh, Golden Rose Day uh, at Rose Hill. Now, I'm not sure whether they're going to race at Rose Hill or whether or not they're back at Kembla Grange. I, I'm not sure, but there's a race there called the Golden Pendant. I'm under no illusion how hard it's going to be. It's a group two over 1,400 metres. Uh, set weights and penalties for fillies and metres. Well, she's won the five races. So she'll get in with 53 kilos. Now, I'm just not sure how strong that race is going to be. Then I will nominate and have a look. But on the same card is a benchmark 88, 1,400 metres, worth 130,000. So there's a couple of races there. I think she's earned... Uh, the, the right to, to go into state. Um, but on the 2nd of September, uh, 2nd of October, there's a three-year-old handicap back here at Doom and where she's got an amazing record. I think uh, that, that's a 100 grand race as well. So, look, you know, we're, there's nothing set in concrete yet. We'll certainly nominate and we'll have a look. And if Melanie's going to be down in Sydney with Rothfire, it wouldn't be too hard to throw a little pumpkin on a float and get it in there. <laughs> yeah, I think they are going to transfer to Rambic. I don't, I don't think it would be right at Kembla Grange there the, uh, hearing this morning, Rob, but obviously wait to see what happens there in Sydney. OK, that will be even better then. So, you know, in all, in all likelihood, we'll, we'll give her a go. Bear in mind that the summer carnival, it, it's upon us before you know it. Um, look, like we could even throw her in the paddock and, and that wouldn't be a bad thing after her, her recent couple of good wins. So we'll just, just see what the next week brings. Now, you're up and about, obviously, for a different reason. Huge news yesterday in racing and in your life. Uh, Rothfire, uh, without being seen again at the races, um, since he was uh, sadly injured in the Golden Rose last year, has won an Everest slot with um, uh, with James Kennedy. Now, that, A, must just uh, 
fill you with pride, uh, given how far this this horse has come, and the fact that a slot holder would 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 snap him up before he's actually raced. Oh, you're right, Ben. I mean, there's an enormous sense of you know satisfaction that we've got him back to this stage, and and you're right, it really is quite remarkable. Here's a horse that's been acquired by a slot holder to run in the richest sprint turf race on the planet and uh, without having had a race after suffering a serious orthopedic injury. So it really is quite extraordinary. But he looks a beast. Um, one of the boys at the races there yesterday who I deeply respect for their for their eye looking at horses, he just said, Rob, he said, I've never seen the horse looking so well. He's trialled super. His track work yesterday, I could not, not have been any happier here running 46 seconds for the 800, seemingly untouched. Benny Thompson's done a super job on him and he's got him where we need him. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we're just about the job is done. We've just got to get him down there now and he's got to perform well in the shorts. But I'm quite confident he will. Now, you know me, Rob. I get little little news tips everywhere. I have people calling me with things. Someone called me with something this morning. I'm fascinated to know if this is right. Little Birdie told me you're going to Arnhem Land all week. That can't be right, can it? Is it right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in Arnhem Land? Oh, look, we're a bunch of mates. Uh, well, they organised it a year ago, and you know, we're going up to uh, a place. Uh, gee, it's, it's up near Groot Island. It's, uh, it's about as far north as you can go in the Never Never Land, and it's Monday and back Friday. And lo and, lo and behold, it's the week of the... Uh, Arguably one of the biggest races of my career, but look, it is what it is. Um, two or three days of having a sleep won't hurt either, I can assure you. It's been a stressful three or four weeks. But, yeah, no, Mel, Mel heads down to Sydney on Wednesday and I've got complete and utter faith in Mel just getting the job done. So if the horse if the horse wins, you'll claim credit from Arnhem Land. If, if it doesn't, <laughs> you just blame Mel? Or? Uh, I'll be back. I'll be back <laughs> on Friday, man. Don't worry about that. Well, Rob, uh, well done, you say. Uh, look forward to uh, start on. Also, perhaps joining Rothfire there in Sydney a couple of weeks' time. And, of course, look forward to Rothfire next week in the shorts. And uh, have a safe week in the NT and uh, enjoy. And great uh, having you part of the program as always. Thank you. Always a pleasure. There he is, uh, Rob Heathcote, joining us there on Past the Post. Uh, anything else to come out? They touched on uh, Prince of Boom there in that event. Yeah, just... Oh, well, the two stories were around probably the two Heathcote horses, weren't they? The winner. I thought it was sensational. I mean, tailed, tailed off out the back. So I thought, wow, well, we, this horse is going to have to do something special. And uh, sure enough, she did. So and I see Mrs. Vicky Heathcote in the ownership there too. So a bit of a, a double bunger there for the for the Heathcote clan. Whitewater on the way up too. Wasn't a bad run after winning at the Gold Coast previously and it ran on well there yesterday at Doombin. The other highlight, what a ride this was. Race number six, the Doombin Mile. So Bello Tito from Silvera, right or wrong? Ballistic Boy looking for the way clear. Working home one from the outside is Whopper T and also reloaded at the 200 metres marker. Right or wrong? Willow Tito, Ballistic Boy, Whopper T, reloaded down the outside. Matawi coming as well. Right or wrong? Ballistic Boy driving through. Grab the lead. Ballistic Boy. Ballistic Boy is one from photos. Whopper T, reloaded. Right or wrong? Uh... What a ride, Ben Dorries, Brad Stewart. Yeah, well, wow, we. I don't know how he found a run there, uh, but he did. But Chris Anderson, even post-race, said he had faith. Even when everything looked lost, he had faith that Brad Stewart 
uh, would find a way through. I thought it was a lovely touch from Ando to uh, bring his kids along and uh, be interviewed by Sky uh, Racing Thoroughbred on air with his with his kids in tow. He's a, he's a great family man, Ando, and he's been pushing, obviously, for later start times so he can spend more time uh, with his kids. So, um, yeah, lovely win in a lot of ways. James Orman at Double G, London Bank. Uh there, continuing on it, uh, winning one other good uh, win there in race number three there, the uh, Steyer, uh, full Nelson for Brian Smith. Anything else out of the meeting for you? Uh, yeah, no, I suppose, but look, a lot of the a lot of the news out of the meeting itself was a horse that didn't run, I guess, Rothfire having the exhibition mm. gallop there between races, um, and, you know, real, really great stuff for Queensland. Rothfire getting an Everest slot and incentivise winning a Group 1 on the same day, so... A lot of things for Queenslanders to hold their hats on going forward into the Spring Carnival. Well, they were holding their hats on in Cairns yesterday. Uh, let's listen to the feature, the Cairns Amateur Cup, race number seven. The cup field swing for home. Tunelidge went to the lead, but Brilliant Mind was immediately on the scene. Bullion Wolf coming to the outside after the pair. Wider Bering Sea and McEnroe right down the outside. A big finish coming up, five across the track. Bullion Wolf spread to the lead. McEnroe on the outside might be the danger. Bullion Wolf in front, packing a good punch, and Bullion Wolf won the cup. He won. He beat Omakaro and Tutelage and Brilliant Mind fourth. Not far away was Best Hoffer from last. And then came Bayesian Gold, Bering Sea. Well back Stubai. At the head of the others was unbiased. Then came Buster Block. A minute away. Oh, some stragglers here. Battle played. Lived the moment. Namazu did nothing. And last over the line was Buxton. Well, he's on the line. The voice you heard there calling the race. A big couple of days there in Cairns yesterday. David Fowler and uh, David, welcome to uh, Pass the Post, brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Yeah, it's on the other side of the, uh, the death, so to speak. How are you, Andrew? Ben, good morning, everywhere. Yeah, so how was it there yesterday? And uh, yeah, game win there by Bullion Wolf. We know he's always had the ability, but slew at a good odds yesterday. Certainly did. He was a $17 chance and uh, good training effort by Les Gordy. Les prepares his team in Townsville. This horse was originally with uh, Lloyd Kennewell. So he started his career in South Australia, and uh, uh, he's been with Les the best part of, well, probably four years now. And he pulled an ace out of the pack because he ran in the new market during the Jockey Club Carnival, and it ran a place. That was over 1,400 metres. He then, a week later, stepped it up to the 2,100 metres of the Cup, which was a big uh, big rise in distance, uh, a bit of a gamble, and he ran well in the Cup. That was the, the Cairns Jockey Club Cup that Tutelage won, so... He was right on target for yesterday, but despite that good run in the, the Cairns Cup, he was a $17 chance, and, and well-written by Corey Bayless, who uh, hasn't had a lot of opportunities lately, so it was a key along for him to, to grab a big race victory yesterday. And uh, in the sprint, uh, we saw Willie Good, and gee, they Headley Colours were to the four over the two days. Yeah, they won five of the 16 races, Andrew, and um, uh, Willie Good actually raced at Townsville on Thursday. I was unaware of this. I, I should have been, I suppose, but raced at Townsville on Thursday. Mm. It was on the two-day backup. But look, this was a race where they, they went very hard. Let's go, Bobby. Set up a long lead, and it was it was really made for a back marker, and Willie Good uh, fit into that category. Dr. Zeus, he was trying to complete the big double, the, um, the, well, the big sprint during the Jockey Club Carnival. He was uh, there to win yesterday. He looked as though he was going to, but he got to let's get Bobby. But... And Willie Good uh, was up a brush open to score. But as you said, those Headley colours, which we expect of the four, but putting five of the 16 races. So Tom was a happy man there. Yes, they couldn't win the cup. Didn't have too many runners in it, but uh, he, he got the big sprint race. But after a year off, David, uh, have the crowds there and the uh, amateurs uh, carnival back once again. Obviously, must have been a, a tremendous fillip for the uh, area and obviously for racing in general up there. Well, it's great for the, the, the city's economy. And uh, yeah, we did have a year off. And I think 
I think uh, the Cairns uh, population were keen to get back. Saturday's always the big day. Friday was a good day, but yesterday was really good. We had cloudy conditions, which was actually a godsend because it kept the temperatures a bit lower and uh, probably helped uh, some of the party goers pick um, on a bit longer than they might have. But uh, no, no, the crowds were good. The racing minister, Grace Grace, she was in attendance on both days. I flew up with her on Wednesday night and she was really looking forward to, to being there both days and she enjoyed her time. It was good to see her there. But no, I, I think it was a big tick and, uh, um, you know, sometimes when you miss a year, uh, you don't know how it's going to fare when you come back. But I would say, from what I saw, the results I saw, that uh, they passed with flying colours. Two questions, uh, David. For those who haven't been up to the amateurs before, what's the off-the-track highlight? Is there, a, is there a real social highlight sort of away from the races? And second question, are you, are you missing me? <laughs> well, to answer the second question first, no, because I'm talking to you, so I'm not missing you, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. But uh, as far as me, yeah, there is, there is um, a bit of social activity because they have the big Tuller Club lunch on the Thursday, and uh, Bart Sinclair, of course, is the patron of the Tuller Club, and we had a great chat with Barry Baldwin on Thursday. But that that sort of kicks things going. And the, the ladies have their high tea morning uh, session. Uh, the cocktail party on the Thursday night is always well received. And then, of course, we've got the, the big two race days Friday and Saturday. And the ball, of course, on the Friday night, which is um, very well popular. In fact, I think Nathan Exelby was at the ball this year. Um, I've got stories about him post ball. Feel free to tell us on on air. No, He couldn't listen, but uh, look, no, I think um, um, discretion is the better part of valour, so we'll let him tell us if, if and when he wants to, but uh, rest assured, he had a very enjoyable night. But to answer your question, there is a big social um, uh, atmosphere around the two race days. That's what makes it, I think, one of the, you know, we'll probably be Strongest country carnival in Queensland. Well, David, it's been a very, very busy past the post uh, program brought to you by Archer Park Racing. And uh, yeah, in using your words, we've gone over time. But before you go, of course, the the timing of the Cairns Amateurs Carnival meant you weren't, uh, and a number of people weren't able to be there. Of course, the Wayne Wilson Medal on Thursday night, which was an exciting vote counter. Kevin Hanson just finishing second there, of course, with Sweet Dolly. But Tony Gollum with those Group One performances there with uh, Vega One, and to lesser extent, of course, Krona taking out the Wayne Wilson Medal this year. Yes, I couldn't be there, unfortunately. The first one I've missed, but uh, by all reports, it was a great night. They also raised really good money with the auction for Darlene Duray. But as you said, uh, it was a nail-biter. And look, sometimes, and Ben will attest to this because uh, he's been there, sometimes these votes can be, uh, well, uh, there's a clear winner, a runaway winner, but wasn't the case this time, so it went right down to the wire. So it would have been, the vote count would have been quite exciting in itself. But congratulations to Tony, he's our Premier Trainer. And, to Kevin Hanson for what he's done with Sweet Dolly, just missing out. Absolutely. I know that more on Press Room tomorrow morning. Uh, when you get back, uh, David, look forward to seeing you then. And, uh, yeah, well done on a couple of great days there in Cairns. Thanks for that, boys, and um, uh, thanks for your support. We'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Press Room. Will do. There he is, uh, David Fowler. And uh, Darlene Duray did make an appearance too on the night. Absolutely very emotional from uh, all sides. But uh, it was great to see that, you know, she's really so determined in her recovery. And uh, just once again, well done to Cameron Partington, the Queensland Executive of Australian Trainers Association. What he put into that night, absolutely sensational. Yeah, terrific. And you mentioned the word emotional. Uh, that certainly was. But there was another emotional story in Queensland horse racing mm-hmm. yesterday, a real heartwarming one. Um, I've penned a few stories over the last few months about that really sickening uh, um, series of 
attacks on racehorses out in the Gundawindi area where they have, um, you know, parts of their body slashed. It's just disgusting stuff, and the police are still looking into what's um, happening. But Fitzroy Boy, one of the horses or the latest horse that was uh, attacked out there after a recuperation period, he made his way back to the races at Gundawindi yesterday. Uh, spoke to the owners, you know, uh, last week and did a did a story. Um, you know, real feel good moment. They didn't really expect much. Uh, they were just delighted he was back to the track. But would you believe it, Andrew? He won, yeah, paying five dollars almost by a couple of lengths. And you know what? Uh, for all the big group ones and and the, the major moments in racing, that tickled my fancy just as much as as anything yesterday. So. Wonderful feel-good story for uh, the owners, the trainer, and, to be honest, the people of Gundawindi. Great to see. Absolutely. Well, Ben, it's been fun. Uh, Hope we do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm here most Sundays anyway, just sitting here quietly. uh, But uh, it's been great fun this morning. Can't believe we've covered so much ground. But it is that time of the year, so much happening, especially this weekend. And uh, great to have your company. You're back with David uh, tomorrow morning, of course, on Press Room. Oh, it will be. If he makes it back in one piece, let's hope he does. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he will. What if he's in the same fight as Nathan? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ben. We'll hear from you tomorrow morning. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Ben Dorries there. And uh, thanks to Dale putting everything together this morning. And uh, I should know better, of course, because uh, I'm staying here. Ben's uh, heading off to do other things. Well, of course, I'm staying here. We've got plenty to go through. All our previews coming up next. But uh, with thanks to Archer Park Racing, this has been Past the Post for this Sunday, September 12.